0: Welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast, Intentionally Designing a Lifestyle of Freedom. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing my good friend, Carrie Brown. Carrie is an awesome dude out of Knoxville, Tennessee, and he's into all kinds of cool stuff. Permaculture, designing, man, running his own business, off-grid living, the whole nine yards. He's got some cool stuff going on but i don't want to give it all away i will say this we do have a few audio issues during the interview but it's a really great interview i think you'll enjoy it and with that hey carrie welcome to the podcast
1: hey ken thanks for having me man
0: yeah it's awesome so tell the audience who is carrie and a little bit about how your journey to where you're at today
1: so, I am a pretty basic dude from Tennessee that uh spent um i grew up here in the Knoxville area got several generations of family history here and uh my adult journey started out basically as a as an e m t for fifteen years with a private company here in town and as that fifteen year anniversary was coming up, I was looking around for something else to do uh that field can be uh, a little bit of a dead end if you don't want to stay in the medical uh, scene, which I did not. So uh, I I actually did a brief uh, carpentry apprenticeship with a union in this area. Discovered that that wasn't quite a good fit for me. Realized that I probably wanted to be my own boss and start my own thing. Uh, so I started Strong Roots Resources, which uh, the main goal of the business is property assessment and helping people design and implement, uh, food systems, particularly in small yards, uh, urban and suburban yards are my main focus. And that's where I have most of my experience. And, uh, and that's just, that is, that is a full-time thing for me. Now I, I do, uh, a little handyman work and some other kind of labor type jobs to supplement the income, but for the most part, uh that is that is a focus of the business is uh finding folks who want to do these systems, kinda helping them through the process and uh you know, really, really designing things to their uh ability to uh maintain and monitor.
0: Now oh, that's awesome. That that uh I love the whole permaculture idea in designing those systems. It's something that I've toyed around with a little bit but have never got into. And I was excited when you're when you're uh, Interview topic came in, you know, converting from standard employment to an owner, business owner, and side hustler. Because I talk a lot about that on the podcast, and the basic, the thesis of the podcast is designing a lifestyle of freedom. And as a business owner, you have such a huge uh, variety of avenues, I guess. Or there's there's so many different ways you can go to design your lifestyle. You can you can design it to be as full and almost, you can be a slave to your business or you can design it to be more free. So I love where you've gone with that. It's, and we'll get in more into that later, but talk a little bit about your mindset coming out of high school and I guess how you, where, where you were going coming out of high school and how you made that transition to a business owner mindset.
1: Yeah, so when I was in high school, I was actually really into journalism and I was uh, the editor of the school paper for um I believe it was my senior year. And I took um I took communications really seriously. I, I realized that I wanted to communicate, but by the time I was in a university setting where I did one year, that that typical path was not going to uh not going to be a fit for me. Um I like things to be really Streamline where I'm always super focused on a goal and it seemed like mm-hmm. at a university I had to engage in all these classes and all this coursework that was not of interest to me and I didn't <laughs> find that very efficient.
0: Yeah, so, yep.
1: um, so I disengaged from that course and um, actually and I was in college when nine eleven happened and that's actually kind of mm-hmm. what shifted me more towards um, you know EMS service mindset. But in the back of my mind, that, that communication factor never really went away. So, uh, so now I'm, I'm playing catch up. Um, I found that the, the most critical thing when it came to running a business was to have an abundance mindset and not to sit around and worry, well, what if I can't find another job? What if I never find another customer? But just to say to myself, those jobs and customers are out there. I just got to find them. I just got to figure out how to get in touch with them. And uh, that kind of, that gave me a lot of forward momentum when I, when I decided to adopt that mindset.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Tell what, that's interesting. You say that the, uh, an abundance mindset, what would you say is the importance of, and the key difference between an abundance versus a scarcity mindset, like being afraid that the work's not going to be there how has that helped you to develop that abundance mindset and then how do you keep that or or what's the, what's the key elements of staying in that mindset?
1: Um, I, I think I just, I firmly believe that you will pretty much manifest whatever you, whatever you put your heart into. So if you wrap all your energy up in, in worry and fear, that's just, I think it's just kind of a natural law of the universe. That's just what's going to come back to you. Um, and I've read a lot of stuff on those topics. I've I've read enough accounts of people using this technique that you know it, it can't be BS. It it really seems to work. So, uh, uh, and I think I I think one of my um sort of like one of my life goals has been addressing fear and and starting a business and relying on it for income is one of the surest ways to uh keep that fear and that worry off in a little spot where it's not going to interfere with things. And, and, and it's given me an opportunity to really exercise this, uh, to exercise this, uh, you know, the abundance mindset.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I've, I've read quite a few books on that subject as well. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole manifestation thing. I, I do fully believe that what you focus on is what grows. I'm reading uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich right now, which is kind of that same idea of, you know, if you put your thought into it, your effort follows. And so, I mean, you can go into kind of woo-woo territory with that, but I, I do fully believe that what you focus on is what you will call it manifest or or bring into reality. So, yeah, that's that's sure. really great. That's a really great point. There is. Focus on the right things, and they will follow. Tell me a little bit going, going back in history a little bit, you mentioned that you were an EMS and you got into that because of 9 eleven and you said you were in an EMS, or you were at an EMS for fifteen years. Is that right? yeah yeah what yeah. what did that teach you about life in general and business, and more importantly, about yourself and how you like to operate?
1: You know the bulk of what we do on the ambulance is just conversing with people. And I learned because I had, you know, many, many partners over the years. Um, I learned that if you didn't know how to talk with folks and just reassure them and just kind of be like a a calm present, um, you could have somebody who was not really all that sick. But if you were kind of swirling out and nervous and putting all this nervous energy out, your patient got nervous. And everything would just kind of fall apart. Um, but that if you just kind of adopted this, hey, you know this is kind of looks like this is going on. Here's some things we can do to address it. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna take a nice easy ride to the hospital, and, and things are gonna be all right. Mm. You've got two completely different outcomes, even though maybe the actual medical problem is not changed at all. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, EMS taught me about communicating. It taught me, and of course, you you know you're. You're working with so many different people: your crew members, other responders, facility staff, supervisors, those mm. kind of folks. <laughs> and um, you you learn how to uh, you really learn, or at least you should learn. I I should say how to get along with just about anybody. And I think that yeah. might be one of the most critical aspects of successfully running a business.
0: Mm. Yeah, just the uh, the communication and learning how to to get along with people. Yeah. Like you say, have, have you found is an interesting question that, that I like to apply to myself. Have you found that, uh, different personalities and people take a different approach or do you kind of approach those conversations and those relationships
1: the same? Are you talking about like working on the ambulance?
0: Yeah. Well, any of your, any relationship Whether it's somebody on the ambulance, you know your coworkers, or somebody who's getting a ride to the hospital, or even now with your clients in in the permaculture side of things, do you see that different personality types interaction style? Like, do you do you have to adjust how you relate with people on a person by person basis, or do you kind of approach everything in a manner that you found to be most effective?
1: I, I base everything on that initial interaction with the customer, whether it comes in via email or I, I go out and I meet them for the first time because I have mm. some people and they'll be, be full of enthusiasm and energy and they'll want to do all the things at once, which is
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, But I try to kind of like, okay, but let's put a plan in place because as somebody who goes all in at one time, I know how easy it is to get overwhelmed and discouraged yep. and yep. then, some people you'll find they'll, they'll come to me. I I have a consult coming up this Friday with a lady who's basically like, I feel like everything in my yard is out of control and I just don't even know how to begin to address it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, you know, so she seems like she's maybe a little in over her head. So I'm going to try to bring that, you know, calm methodical approach to help kind of rein in a place that she feels is chaotic.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. What's the best part for you or what's your favorite part of running your own business?
1: I really think it's building relationships with no middleman in between. Um, you know, everything, But because also, you know, I'm a big proponent of, of personal responsibility. So if something goes wrong, that? you know, I don't even know. <laughs> it's not very popular, apparently.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, uh yeah, that's a that's a whole different podcast in itself, isn't it? <laughs> right?
0: If
1: if we, um, you know, something goes wrong on a job, I, you know, I can't pass it off to anybody else. I mean, mm. if I dig and I poke a gas line, well, that's my fault because I should have had it marked or whatever. So, um, I really enjoy the ability to directly build relationships with people because um i think it's just kind of our our natural state i think it's how we naturally build uh community and trust and so with with no um no manager of any sort trying to kind of uh mitigate things i i just think it simplifies everything
0: yeah absolutely i i run my own business as well i'm i'm in the construction side of things i don't get into any any kind of permaculture design or growing food and all that but I still get that customer relationship side of things. And occasionally I'll have a project go wrong and I'll have an unhappy customer on my hands. (laughs) Most times I'll let you fix the project or fix it. I have had one that immediately when the thing went wrong, she called insurance and would never let me come back on the job. Didn't give me a chance to to fix it, even though it was a small, simple thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How do you deal with issues like that? Or do you, do you have any things like that? Or even deeper than that, I guess, what's the most difficult part for you in running your business?
1: Um, Probably, I I try, and we can't always this, but I try to watch out for the people who seem like maybe they can't be pleased. Mm. Um, sometimes folks put off a particular vibe, if you will. And so I'm kind of like, you know, maybe I'm not the best fit for what you want to do. Um, I did have a job back, um, real early in the summer and this lady wanted like an English flower garden and she sent me all these pictures and we kind of created this Google (laughs) doc and sent it back and forth. And she just, she wanted this dense, lush, beautiful, you know, English garden that she sent me a picture of a place that had been intact for, you know, 75 years or whatever. And And I said, okay. And I went out and I assessed her property and took a bunch of pictures and took a bunch of measurements. And I, you know, I kind of kept telling her, I understand what you want. Your site is not agreeable to that kind of, you know, that kind of design and, you know, East Tennessee weather and the heat we have is also not agreeable to (laughs) those kind of delicate uh, water loving flowers. So, um, so I kind of steered her towards like, here's some native things that will do well. Cause she was also like, I don't want to put a bunch of maintenance into it. I'm like the people who there are those gardens in England have like full-time maintenance staff. I was like, right. (laughs) So you either want really lush, pretty flowers or low maintenance. So we got to kind of come to some kind of agreement here. And Mm. initially like I, I, you know, I had her pick out plants. I, uh, I got the soil prep. It was an incredibly difficult job. It was like a basically built on top of packed soil where they took all Mm. the, uh, all the houses were finished. And then they decided to put one more house at the end of the cul-de-sac and they built it on top of where they had clearly run a bulldozer back and forth about 2 million times. And it was so densely packed. that Like the tiller was bouncing. Uh, (laughs) I I, I was on the tiller to like zip time bricks to the tiller to get it to like stay on the ground so it was an wow. incredibly difficult job and i get done and i get everything in there and at first she's like i don't know i don't know if i like it and i've got like i don't know i've got about 24 hours in this job of just you know sheer grunt work. and mm-hmm. uh but eventually she came around and i just kind of kept telling her i'm like you know i told you this is sort of i said this i mean these plants they will grow they will fill in it will be more lush over the years but you don't have English garden after 24 hours of labor. So, uh, um, and, uh, I mean, she paid me, so, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I don't know. know, And, uh, and she did say, she, she actually did email me a a couple of weeks after the fact and be like, there's some more stuff we want to do out here. So please check in with me when you have time in your schedule. So I'll call that success.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) With, with all that you get into and you talk about, you know, getting it over your head from time to time. How do you determine your value in life and in, in your community?
1: You know, as, as far as like, I, that has been, that has been really hard. And last summer, when this really took off, a lot of people got a really good deal from me because I had no idea how to price things. And um, I kind of, I kind of took two different approaches. I kind of started setting like daily income goals. I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll multiply this number times five days a week. And that's, that's appropriate. That'll work for me. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went towards, uh, just kind of like a, just kind of a base price. And for things that I know I can knock out in an hour or two hours, whatever I'll, I would just assign an hourly rate but really that's been the, that's one of the hardest parts. Um, I, uh, maybe it was, maybe it was Spirico who said you need to be just a little bit uncomfortable with your asking price. Mm. So that was one. I started that and then I would, I would suggest the number and then the person would be like, awesome. No problem. And then I thought, is it too low? <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah, I should yep. be taking it high. But, uh, so yeah, um another technique that I uh, that I came across in some of my research was to think of a price for your labor that if you were the purchaser you would consider a really good deal and mm. then double it. And so I've done that a few times too and I've you know, I don't usually have people balk at what I ask for. So I feel like I'm and I do kind of check like what does a contractor charge? What's, you know, what's kind of like the median cost or whatever in this area? and and make sure I'm not on one far side or another of that particular number.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So, I know you've been on a few other podcasts. What what would you say is the most interesting question that you've ever been asked on a podcast?
1: Well, you know, Tim Cook wanted me to wanted me to pick like my favorite tool and talk about that
0: mm. and
1: I couldn't i and I saw I ended up cheating and i uh I talked about the jeep instead, which is in a lot of ways kind of a primary tool yeah uh so uh, uh yeah, I mean that's uh fa- favorite questions are hard for me because i I've, <laughs> i I've, as I'm sure you understand I've got a lot of tools
0: yeah absolutely. um yeah, oh that's cool, well, anything else you'd like to uh share with the audience or Any, any tips or advice for somebody who wants to, you know, quit their job and start their own business?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, look around at what skills you already have or skills you're interested in acquiring and, you know, check to see if there's any kind of demand in your area for it. Um, And you don't, you also do not have to start with your quote dream. You know, I started, I found a little niche of work in my former neighborhood just mowing yards for um people who had like tiny yards and fences and nobody nobody would come mowing because they couldn't get big equipment in it so Mm -hmm. um me and a little push mower made out pretty well just mowing yards yards it would take me under an hour in most cases and i'd walk out of there with 35 or 45 dollars depending on it so I mean, you know, you do little start with little things like that. And as the successes build on themselves, it builds your confidence. And then, yeah, just look for look for what you're good at, um, what you would be interested in becoming good at. And and, uh, you know, just you got to get out there and talk to people. And and it takes some it takes some gumption. You have to be willing to get outside your comfort zone. Um, But uh, it's just it's just the most rewarding thing in the world. There is. to me, there's no replacement for the ability to coordinate that aspect of your life, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm probably pretty ruined on traditional employment for the rest of my life now because <laughs> I just yep. I'm just I'm just so happy with it. Even even on frustrating days, even on exhausting days, um, one of those days is still better than quote the easiest day, you know, on an ambulance. Um, mm. So I would really people to uh to go for it and you know if folks need a uh an an encouraging uh voice or just a chat or whatever they're you know they're welcome to uh contact me too
0: awesome awesome one one last question before i uh, let you plug where people can find you you recently transitioned to off-grid living is that right
1: yeah so so yes what's um, your
0: what's the best thing about that for for the two of you
1: well, um, a couple of weeks ago, some car ran off the road and took out a power pole, and mom and dad lived just a little bit below us, and dad called me, and he was like, he said something something to the effect of, well, uh, you you guys win today because we have no power, and Tyler has no power, <laughs> but uh, I reckon you guys are doing good up there. I said, yep, mm-hmm. and so I said, I've got a I've got a generator, do you need it? And he said, I think we'll be back on in a little bit, so I'll just let you know, but um, <clears throat> You know, it's, uh, again, there, was a considerable amount of learning when, um, when installing the solar system, maintaining it, understanding how it works, understanding how the batteries work. Uh, you know, I, I tried not to drive Sean Mills crazy with questions, but I had some questions <laughs> and then eventually I, it started to fit together in my head and, mm. uh, and saw more, comfort. but it's, uh, you know, when we went, when we sold our place in the city and we got our cabin and we got, you know, power up here and got the water and everything hooked up, it's just, uh, it's just all these things I just don't have to worry about. You know, I, I can, I can take risks with the business because the bank's not going to take my house, you know, yep. Um, and it's, it, again, it's just, it's all about, you know, just taking those steps to freedom and, and that was a huge one for us. So. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I know not everybody can do what we did, but, uh, it's turns out it's not actually as complicated as some people make it out to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. That's awesome. We we'll might have to get you back on in a future podcast to talk about the off-grid living and, and how to transition to that in a, uh, I guess a smooth manner, giving up a lot of those conveniences and, and how to, how to deal with that love to have you back on sometime yeah where, I'd love to where can people go yeah where can people go if they want to find out more about you if they want to connect with you and maybe you know get some consulting from you
1: uh, uh the website's the easiest way it's strongrootsresources.com strongrootsresources at com will make its way to me um i've okay, got i, I try, try to get some i try to get some pictures up on instagram from time to time um and uh i've got a a side hustle uh to the kind of to the side of of strong roots which is called the proper human project and that's a video series i'm putting up on odyssey where we get into kind of like you do we kind of get into some mindset stuff and and some life experience conversation and Mm. and that's basically just just me at the camera so if if you like to have people yap at the camera to you then you know that's just it's, it's perspective out there yeah, we'll put those links in the show
0: notes. And I uh, appreciate you coming on today and joining me.
1: All right. Thanks, Ken. It was a great chat.
0: See, I told you you'd enjoy that interview. Don't forget to go check out Carrie. Follow him on Instagram at Strong Roots Resources. And definitely check out his proper human project over on Odyssey. I'm not sure if that's on YouTube, but uh, definitely go follow him on Odyssey. And I will have those links in the show notes. And with that, Do good work.